with my hand. I had no idea how inappropriate that was really in that setting. And I said, I just, I watched the film, but I feel like I need more detail from those stories to get it. Because in the film, people were telling ways in which they had felt marginalized in their school communities. And my comment and just the look of me, I'm sure, and the sound of me, just, it just triggered a whole bunch of people and they really let me have it. And, you know, it was, I was afraid. I was angry. I was defensive. Fortunately, I had a woman beside me who said, just sit down, just sit down and just listen, just listen. There's a lot of history in this room. And so I did. I took her advice. Otherwise, I think I would have started saying, but I didn't mean it that way. So, um, you know, that was a day where I really learned, A, how much pain there is, B, there's an amount, certain amount of entitlement to think I can just stand up in any space and raise my hand and get heard. Did you take away from that the feeling that you should be a lot more careful in any kind of discussion about race? Huh. It's funny. I, I think I took away some of that. What I really took away was that I had to be a lot more resilient. I needed to become much more able to hear feedback and not take it personally And if I was going to be in this conversation, I just needed to be okay making mistakes. It wasn't that I needed to be perfect. I needed to be okay making mistakes and to really, really learn from each and every one. Because to put a room full, you know, there were probably 150 people of color trying to do their work that day, and I derailed that discussion That's a huge cost. To not put that cost to good use and do my own learning, uh, that would be, that, that, I wouldn't want to do that. And so the way I put it to use is not to try to be more perfect, but to try to be more resilient and understand what being engaged and being vulnerable and being resilient looks like. Because I asked because I think that one of the points that you make over and over again is that um, at least in in certain circles of white people, there's this whole culture of niceness. And, you know, the one thing you don't want to do is trigger that kind of rage. And so people just pull back from even having the conversation, whereas it sounded to me like what you were saying is, no, I don't think we should pull back at all. I think we just learned to get a lot better at taking it. Exactly. And staying with it. Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of messages not to create conflict. And the problem is, if you spend your life avoiding conflict, you don't develop any skills to navigate it. I mean, it's never comfortable to be in conflict, but I don't freak out about the fact that my stomach is in knots and I actually have built some skills. Mm. And and my family, we've all built skills around it because we now, you know, we don't avoid the elephant in the room anymore. So there's another story I wanted to ask you about, another moment in your, as you were unpacking your own white privilege, checking your own white privilege. Um, It's a story about a time when you were trying to do something good. You were part of an arts project that was taking inner city kids to see some kind of theater performance, I think. Yeah. This was my first big move um, out of college as a, um, in the nonprofit world. I raised money to bring inner-city youth to uh, daytime performances in Boston theaters. And so I would organize, you know, nine or ten buses, and they would be full of these kids coming from these neighborhoods that I hadn't even stepped foot in yet. And 
I I call it my Robin Hood syndrome because I felt so good that I was using my social connections to raise money to bring kids to the theater. And I was sure that it would be a positive experience for them mm-hmm. because I was only operating from my own perspective. That was a pause. I would have liked that when I was a kid. What I didn't recognize was that I was putting kids on buses, and these were predominantly uh, black, African-American kids, maybe between the ages of 8 and 12, middle school kids, um, bringing them to a white, uh, you know, kind of uptown white space and going into a theater. It wasn't all great for them. It was scary. It was scary to get on a bus. It was scary to go in an all-white space. So... um, that just speaks to the the white people are so prone to want to help and fix and think. I thought I knew how to help and fix, and I was so off base. And um, not to say some of those kids might not have had a good time, but think of the other.